Well, greetings, friends, and welcome to the Gospel Underground Podcast. This is episode 15, A Hope That Does Not Disappoint. We are broadcasting live, well, live for us, here from the Power of Change Shedquarters in Blacksburg, Virginia. And I'm here, as most times, with my friend Jesse Fury. He's in a tank top today. Looking, it's a nice day. Looking as fly as the robot on Listen, Lost in Space. I got to be honest with you. I don't like the fact that you just announced that I have a tank top on. Hey, it's a good-looking American-colored red, is, white, it and blue. It is very American, my tank top. But I don't go out. I don't like going out in public and having people see it. It feels uh, very unprofessional. Uh, okay. And I thought, well, the podcast is a safe place to do this because no one will see me. <laughs> and <laughs> you, everyone, Jesse's got this uh, red-trimmed, almost Native American white patterned tank top with a nice hat on and some AKG headphones. Looking nice. What else is going on uh, in your world? Well, <laughs> by the way, my, my wife, Jenny, uh, she gives me a hard time about how much I care about that kind of stuff. Like, I won't go outside. I won't, like, go somewhere. Well, if I do go somewhere in a tank top, I'm very, like, I, I don't want to meet new people. <laughs> if, as a matter of fact, um, their first I'm going to name drop here. will be a tank I was top at, right? impression. I, I, I was at Target here in the New River Valley, and um, I saw Paul Washer. Like the the Paul Washer, and uh, and his wife and Target and, um, I had a tank top on, and so I did not introduce myself. You didn't flex him. I flex hit, him down. <laughs> I just kind of like avoided him. You're so strong on those YouTube videos. <laughs> How about this? <laughs> I was afraid he'd be like, "This is about you." Yeah, this is not about Jesus and your obedience to his mission or something. No, I I like Paul Washer, and that's why I did not want him to. His first impression to be, I was probably wearing this tank top. I don't have much washer exposure. I did a uh, a seminar back to back with a guy named Joe Thorne someday, long ago, and uh, he was mentioning people coming to his church asking him, "Was he quote unquote reformed?" And then it was followed with uh, questions like, "Are you reformed like Paul Washer?" And I was like, <laughs> "I." I probably don't want to know that guy. <laughs> that was my only impression. But oh. and then uh, somebody told me lifting weights the other day that he actually is in Radford, which yeah, is which yeah, is and 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 from everything I've heard, a very very kind Amen. and gentle man. Amen. Um, man, my life is interesting these days. We just uh, our four month old Hattie. We just started feeding her solid food yesterday. Solid food is for the mature. Yeah, that's the Bible. Um, <laughs> so and she, so we 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 made we mashed up some sweet potatoes, and we got the camera out, got our kids up, and fed her not maybe more than one teaspoon, and um, and then it all came back out, including all the other breast milk, anything else that was in her stomach. Just it was a Linda Blair exorcism, like just like it had full force. A, it had projectile, projectile motion. like. Like, parabola came out. You did some math equations to you can, figure you, out that you, distance. When you say involved. things like parabola, it makes me feel like I'm not very smart. <laughs> I don't know what that is. It an arc? Yes, an, an arc. arc. Yeah, yeah. An arc. there was an there was an arcing to it, which so. can be described. If you you actually measured the distance in the it's time, this you is what I'm figuring out how fast that puke was flying, man. <laughs> It just came out of her mouth, and then it went far. You know, I think I think um, there's there's a grace uh, in human life and existence where, you know, you have children and you go through all these crazy things involving you know 
that that kind of thing and mm-hmm. uh, in the other end as well and then and then you just forget because like my kids are 16 14 12 and almost 12 and, and I just don't even remember any of that I think and then you 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 become grandparents I suppose someday and then you just get to hand that stuff off yeah. to, to the parents yeah I forgot I forgot too but now I'm in the middle of it and and I'm looking forward to forgetting some of it again. Yeah, that's right. That's right. But I, I'm loving. When, I'm loving it. Once too. you get your sleep back and yeah. get your groove on, and everybody's tying their own shoes and man, brushing their own teeth, and life is you good. You start Velcro too, and then you don't even worry about. Yeah, man. Space Space Age stuff. Speaking of Space Age, we got quite a few uh, items in our first segment here. Our reviewist segment. It's not a review. We're not that into it. So sit right down. It's time for um, Okay, so. Uh, this is not a new book, but I just reread it, and um, it, it was, it's been very formative for me, and I, I, it came to mind when thinking about our podcast today, I hope that does not disappoint. Uh, it's fiction. It's Jaber Crow by Wendell Berry, and if you have heard about Wendell Berry, um, the, the, the Kentucky poet, maybe pacifist, uh, prof- used to be a professor at University of Kentucky, and and and, uh, and and certainly has been um, influential with uh, you know Russ Moore and some other some other uh, leaders in the in the at least in the Christian world. Wendell Berry is an interesting guy, but Jaber Crow is um, man. It is a it's a good book on the slow and uh, just the slow hope of a life lived for others. And with actually a life lived with an aim, um, even if that aim isn't always clear. Uh, and so it just was, it was a hopeful book for me and, uh, and, and definitely an excellent read. I want to actually go ahead and say, I want to highly recommend the, the uh, audio book because the narrator is so good. So good. It's, it's so so when uh, Jaber Crow is and that book just then went more likely to be read in my life because there's an audio book uh, than than just me like thumbing through a novel. Right? Yes, and this is fiction. So if oh, you if yeah, you yeah, don't yeah. read fiction, yeah, um, I've been accused of this. Yeah, read. <laughs> if you don't read fiction, you got to read your Tolkien and Lewis so because that, that's like. Yeah, it's yeah. like the canon, the, of the Christian canon fiction. No, you can skip that and just go straight to to Jaber Crow. Crow. Uh, so what Wendell Berry has done is created a small town, Port William, Kentucky. It's a fictional town, but then what he's done is he's written a series of different novels spanning different lifetimes, covering a maybe a hundred years of the life of this town. And so the characters kind of come in and out of the story, and you, you'll read about in Jaber Crow. You'll read about other characters who have their own little novels that. That interact, and so awesome. it's kind of a fun little world to to enter into. Sounds like something my English loving novel loving daughter will like, and I might have to do with her. Well, that's one review. So I got two other things. Since we shared about a pacifist, we might as well share this little worthless uh, reviewish. The other night, I was in a hotel with my son. We were up at a soccer tournament, and we were watching Shark Tank because my kids love Shark Tank. And and sometimes you see some cool things on there. And there were that this ex Navy SEAL was on Shark Tank, and he had this product called Bottle Breachers. Now. You might think, what is a breacher? Well, it's not like your pants or something like that. A breacher is a, is a member of a, of a SEAL team that goes in and knocks stuff down. So if somebody needs to blow up the door, get in the house, they breach. So that's what the breachers are. And so a bottle breacher is like this specified bottle opener that looks like a fifty caliber round. It's like this big missile-like gun bullet 
that'll open your bottle, it'll breach it for you as you get into your uh, Miller Lite there, uh, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> I do not drink middle Miller lights in bottles. That's right. And you are a Southern Baptist seminary student or Southeastern Baptist seminary. So neither of us are drinking right now. Well, my final reviewish is, uh, is, uh, something I've watched with my kids on Netflix and actually something I watched as a kid lost in space. Um, uh, Jesse's like, that's right. We're Baptist, um, <laughs> lost in space, man. If you guys haven't seen lost in space, um, it's an upgrade of the sixties or seventies kind of danger. Will, Will Robinson kind of uh, there show. Were two, there were two versions, I think. Didn't, there, didn't that, it start, stop, start again? Something, man. Yeah. I, I, I know that there is a canon of this thing. And my uh, literary daughter was wise enough to say, this is kind of like Swiss family Robinson, but in space. And we're like, yes, Whoa. precisely. Um, but the new Netflix, High production values look like they invested some money. Uh, the science and the science fiction is pretty terrible, in my opinion. I won't get into the parabolas involved with that. So you have Come to on. suspend your scientific reasoning on some of the things they do early on in the show. But other than that, well developed characters, a story. Uh, I'm not going to give spoilers, but they do finally, finally, after 10 episodes, get actually lost in space. So check that out there. That seems uh, like a spoiler. It's a little bit of a spoiler. Lost I saw in the space. first episode. And I want to continue to watch them. You I'm, should. I, but I, you should. I paused it because I decided I was going to try and talk my wife into watching it with me. It's a good thing. My, 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 my whole family has enjoyed it together. Although I watched probably four or five episodes by myself late at night because when I got back from a trip, you know, sometimes re-entry uh, when you're a traveling guy is difficult. And I got back from a trip and Casey and I, well, how do we say this? We weren't really getting along. And she said, why don't you go watch Lost in Space? I'm like, I'm going to go watch some Lost in Space. <laughs> Fine, <And> I will. <laughs> Fine, I will go sleep on the couch after watching way too much Netflix. That's sad. True talk. Well, hey, I have, a, I have an eight-year-old boy. Lost in Space, should I wait? I'm trying to think. It's uh, I told Casey it re it um it it's saved like I think it's rated PG even. I, it's not really uh, it's not dark. It's not. Uh, mature. I mean, it shows up on Netflix. Netflix Kids. Yeah, I don't think you need to enter a parental code. I have parental right. codes set on there, so I think I think it's probably safe. There might be a couple linguistic uh, turns uh, of phrase that might be a little rough, but you could probably explain. I'm those. probably more worried about would would it be scary for for an eight year old boy? Maybe. Okay. Maybe if he's a scared. He's heard ling- linguistic turns of phrases before, <laughs> okay. but I just want to make sure he doesn't get too well, terrified. That's, that's our reviewish Jaber Crow breaching bottles if you can, and lost in space. Well, our main topic today, Jesse, is uh, certainly relevant to all of our listeners here on the underground, all the undergrounders, because we're going to talk about hope today. And I don't know why I I tend to want to put the word hope with Star Trek at times, saying hope, the final frontier, because many times it is something that is out in the distance for us. It is one of the most precious things for the human soul, uh, but I know in my own life and, and certainly in the lives of friends and others, it, it can feel lacking. Mm. Uh, it's something we so desperately know that we need, but life, man, life can be uh, disappointing, difficult, painful, uh, mundane, uh, dare I say, boring at times. Yeah. And we look at tomorrow and we think, oh, this is not what I wanted. This is not the way things ought to be. Uh, and this intuition, I think, is very right and true. And then we just feel broken about the future. And so looking at tomorrow with anything uh, related to hope uh, can be quite difficult. Now, this is not anything new. Um, obviously, human nature 
has been in us, with us uh, from the dawn of time. Uh, and certainly, you know, the ancient Greeks had this story. I love this story of Sisyphus. And it is, that is not syphilis. That's something very, different. Very, very important. That is something different yeah, that will steal your hope. Get that right. But Sisyphus um, was cursed by the gods to spend eternity basically rolling a big, heavy rock uphill. You know, I'm going to work, 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 get it to the top, only to have it roll down again and again and again forever. And so it's a story that shows kind of the discouragement of life and how do you get back at it when the rock just rolls down and hopelessness has a, a, a degree to it. Right? You know, you can be bummed out and have a hard time getting out of bed or, or you can just, you know, end your own life. There's a, there's a spectrum here that's pretty, and I don't mean to make light of uh, taking uh, one taking their own life. I mean, certainly it's a massive issue in America, uh, 10th leading cause of death. Uh, in America. In fact, uh, even uh, goofballs on YouTube want to make fun of the hopelessness of, say, the Japanese forest, suicide forest, Logan Paul, uh, where he thought it would be a funny idea to film uh, a swinging body. Um, Heartbreaking, right? Heartbreaking to see what happens quite literally in the extreme uh, when hope is just simply not present with us. And so today, um, there's a phrase from the Bible uh, that I just want to press around a little bit together, because I'm just going to snatch a little piece of this. And it says, there is a hope that does not disappoint. Now, before we kind of go in on that, um, it's interesting to look at a phrase like that, because it implies something. It implies that there are uh, hopes, perhaps, multiple, many, that do disappoint us. There are disappointing hopes. Jesse, when you think about hopes that might disappoint, anything might uh, come to mind? Well, you know, in a lighthearted way, being a Washington-area sports team fan... <laughs> being a Redskins fan. <laughs> is, ...is a... I mean, I've been to the school of disappointing hope yeah, yeah, for most yeah. of my life. As a matter of fact, like every off-season, so a season will end and my family and I will... We're on this great big text thread with with all the fans, and we will decry the season. We will complain. We'll say, never again will we hope in this team, you know? Right. Uh, and then, and then you know, a couple months pass, and the season gets ready to start back up, and we start going, this might be this our is year. The year. <laughs> this is the year. Did you? Yeah. What about this acquisition in the off season? Yeah. And maybe this guy got better. And yeah. Uh, and you, every year we're fooled. Yeah, sport, and, sports and, really could be a yeah. microcosm of hope, hopefulness or not. If your team is good, you have a lot of hope. If your team is terrible, maybe you have suspended hope. And if your team's kind of like mediocre, you just don't know what to do, right? That's, it's like, yeah, yeah, you just don't know what to do. I, I also think about you know how often I've placed hope in um, stuff. I place. I am sure that the next thing I buy will be the the thing that unlocks what I'm looking for. Yeah. Yeah, that is a, a very American thing today for us to, you know, obviously we like our stuff. We just reviewished a few things, and we think if I get something else that I don't have, that's very similar to the things I, that I do have, then that will do it for me. That'll make tomorrow better. There are disappointing hopes, and sports teams certainly is an illustration, but we do. We place our hopes in our health, uh, which we all know can be lost. Uh, the way we look, our physical aspect. I mean, you know, you may not look the same in that tank top uh, 20 Why years from now. Why are you doing this? <laughs> I, doing I, this? I, I just looked in the mirror the other you, day, and I thought, 
when did I get so old? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and then I did I did see a lot more white hairs than I noticed. Yeah, in the for past. sure. I just told a forty year old friend happy birthday, and he felt young. So, all you guys down there, we yeah, but we do. We put our hopes in this eternal, and that's what people look for. Hey, we'll find a fountain of youth. My wife and I were seeing this commercial for a, a Botox drug with some old guy running around who looked like he was sixty, but his face looked like it was stretched to like he was trying to look like he was thirty. And it was like this is. We try to hold on to these things. Um, we put our hopes in money. Uh, wealth, where we live, the stuff we have, the stuff that we can acquire, the things of value that make other people think we're value. Um, we're going to put our hopes in relationships, right? Yeah. That, that uh, things will go the way we want with others. And I tell you what, this is very, very difficult. This was uh, uh, put on display uh, for me by my children years ago. My kids are getting older now, so... Uh, I, you know, I've got all these, I feel like an old sappy guy with memories of my chi- kid's childhood already, but I think my middle daughter was maybe five, six years old, her sister maybe, you know, a couple years older, and I remember hearing this sorts of sounds that you hear when you have more than one child, uh, of bickering and strident uh, screeching and a little bit of uh, aggression happening, and so I went down to try to figure out what was happening. And I remember Kylene, I said, I got Kylene, what is wrong? That's, that's the younger of the two daughters. And she said this, and and I'll do a little impression. She said, I'm trying to get Kayla to do what I want, but she won't. (laughs) And she was so distraught. And I looked at her in her her little tear-filled eyes, and I just felt like, yeah, this is the way life is. This is the way relationships are. Uh, It's hard. And even putting our hope in the, the, the people we think we can trust the most many times can be uh, disappointing life sometimes just doesn't work out the way we might have quote unquote hoped it would. So the question I have, if, if, uh, hopes can be disappointing many times, what happens uh, next, so to speak in our souls is that we can lose hope Yeah, we can lose it. And I don't want to be too goofy here, but if we think in the most uh, simplest of terms about how hope can be lost, um, you used the word earlier, Jesse, like I had placed my hope in, mm. um, because that is really a good description of how hope works. Hope is in something else, really. Yeah. And if we ask the question, how do we lose it? And this may be sounding, uh, me reverting back to my preacher days, but we lose hope by misplacing it. We really can misplace it. We place our hopes in someone, something uh, in some future state of affairs, the forces of the universe, the law of karma, if we believe such things, we put it in the universe, factors, people, influencers of our future. We might put our hope in those things. And so it's a good exercise if you want to uh, do a little self-examination. It's healthy every now and then. You know, don't do not do it too often and too, too more abundantly, too heavily. Um, don't beat yourself up for that tank top, Jesse. Uh, <laughs> but to, to do a little self-examination, to ask what our hope is in, there's a simple question we can ask is that what do we look forward to? What do we look forward to? Um. Obviously, we can tell, yeah, I got, I got a low hope tank if uh, if I look forward to nothing. I don't know if, if you've had days like that. I, yeah. I have. I've, yeah. had, I've had days where I've told my wife, I'm really not looking forward to anything. Um, and then that uh, makes me realize, well, where is, where is my hope really being placed? 
today. when you if you wake up and what you what you look forward to is going back to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. That's a hard place to be in. Yeah, it's, a, just, it's even harder when you can't sleep. That's right. Yeah. That's right. And then you we, we turn on the TV, we we scour Netflix, we look outside of ourselves uh to to fix something, to do something in us that will get us through, get us by, get us to the next day. And life can be that way. I mean, and it's silly, but we can look forward to getting a new TV and think it's going to do something for us or a promotion, right? Or, hey, if I'm unemployed, my biggest hope is employment, right? Uh, Achievements, learning stuff, a new relationship, man, moving on. Um, Let me me ask you something. I'll put you on the spot. What, What are you looking forward to right now, Reed? You know that that's that's a really good question, uh, Jesse. I, I'm looking forward to, um, gosh, I'm looking forward to doing a good podcast today with Jesse. I'm looking forward to watching my children uh, play sports. Mm-hmm. I know for the longest time, I was looking forward to my oldest daughter to be able to run again. Yeah. Um, I'm always looking forward to um, what my life will look like next. Yeah. You know, I, I, we've been in a kind of an interesting transition the last almost, you know, it's almost two years now since we uh, transitioned out of New Jersey. And that, that season of life was a little disappointing for me. And um, figuring out what life will look like next. Um, what is it going to be like to be older? Because I'm a little old now. Um, so I'm looking forward to, you know, being a grandparent someday. Uh, those those kinds of things. I'm all, and I'm also, I think the, the flip side of that, the things that we're afraid of, mm. you know, will we'll re- re- maybe reveal what we trust in. You know, I, 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 I'm fearful that two years from now, like I'll be useless to the kingdom or something, or that God will be done with me and I won't have, you know, nobody will be uh, calling, calling me to do things that I feel called to do. Mm. Those things can be scary uh, for me. So I guess I hope that I'll continue to be useful uh, to the kingdom in that way. Hmm. Um, yeah, those are something. What about you? What are some of the things you look forward to getting through? Sleep. Yeah. Sleep, man. So, <laughs> yeah, sleep. Thing is that I don't know if I'm going to have more sleep, right? I mean, that's, as a matter of fact, when we had our first kid uh, in my, it was like the first time in your life when you, when you don't just go to sleep and you're like, oh, I know what's going to happen. I'm going to sleep and then I'll wake up in the morning. <laughs> Uh, it was a big deal for me. It felt really, you know, it's just such a disruptive thing. And, um, and so I'm in the middle of that now. Like I was just laying, you know, and, and I'll lay in bed at three in the morning, you know, holding the crying baby, trying to get her to go back to sleep. So, so my wife, her mom could also go back to sleep and, and just think, man, and pray now, Lord, thank you for this little girl who's, uh, full of life and, just smiling at me in the middle of the night when I'm like, stop smiling and go to sleep. Yeah. Yeah. Man. Uh, um, so I, I'm looking forward to sleep, but there's no guarantee <laughs> I'll get any, uh, you know, on maybe the more positive and, and then really there's no guarantee of this either, but I'm looking forward to my watching my children grow up. I'm looking forward to, I have this hope that as they grow older, that they will want to be together as a family. They'll want to yeah. bring the grandkids around. They'll want to like go on family vacations. And I, my, my, you know, there's part of my family is really tight like that. And it's just really, I love it. And I want it, I want it more. I want it better. I want, yeah. So um, those are a couple of things that, 
that I'm looking forward so, to right so now. So it hits it hits such an interesting thing about being a human, a human being, is that I do think we get disappointed, right? I do think in a small way when you're woken up and you can't sleep, it's frustrating. Yeah. And in those moments when life just is frustrating, where it doesn't seem to work, I do think it's like smelling salts where we kind of go, oh, what is going on? Mm. And where does my help come from? Yeah. Is my hope uh, misplaced? Um, because I know there's many, many times where I'm like, man, I, I really had a lot of hope for this. Didn't work out. Didn't go the way I'd want it to. Um, but then is, quote unquote, is all hope lost? Yeah. And so... That's a question we have to ask in examining what we live from, uh, what we look to in the future, because I think that question, what we look forward to, has a big answer, right, that matters greatly. There, there's a phrase, right, <laughs> um, you know, if you see someone being foolish, you're like, he doesn't know what's good for him, right? And I think many times I don't know what is actually good for me, yeah. that we think more money, more, more, more relationships, more sex, more power— more this or that is what's good for us. Um, but God, right, uh, actually knows what is good for us. Uh, and I think when we place hope in those things, uh, there is a hope that doesn't disappoint. Right. right. That can be uh, foundational for life. And years ago, there there was a trick that I that I got played on me. I I went, uh, when I was in campus ministry here in Blacksburg, Virginia Tech, years ago, I was recommended to take some history philosophy courses, kind of for fun, kind of for maybe future uh, studies and things. And so I took like ancient Greek philosophy uh, at a secular university, and as well as uh, medieval philosophy. Now, the interesting thing about medieval philosophy is they, they made me, like I had to for like grades and stuff, read Augustine, a North African theologian and philosopher, right, who is one of the most influential in the history of Christianity, followers of Jesus, post kind of the Bible era, um, and they made us read uh, some of his uh, philosophical essays, and he has one, I'll put it in the show notes, I think it's in On Christian Doctrine, but I'll, I'll double check that, where he wrestled with what was the summum bonum, it's Latin for the supreme good. What is what's good for you? What is best for us? And he goes through this long essay as a philosopher to kind of you know, peer around every corner and answer every question, but he, he boils it down to what is best for humans must be able to be both loved and possessed. We have to be able to have it and love it, and then cannot be taken away from us against our will. In other words, he says, if you, if you love something and can't have it, you're going to be miserable. Uh, if you have what you don't love, miserable. And if you have what you love and someone else can just rip it from you, mm. you know, your health can be lost, your security can be lost, um, all can be lost, your life's going to be lost, uh, then you don't have the supreme good. You have something else, maybe a temporary good, uh, that will lead to a, a sort of disappointment. And so obviously he reasons that you, you have to be able to both love and have God. And to have God's truth, God's beauty, the things that cannot be lost. And so when the scriptures speak about a hope that does not disappoint, it is anchored somewhere uh, much more secure than the things of this world that we might love and possess temporarily, but rather in God's eternal truth, His love for us, and the relational realities of being home with God 
And then that extends outward into how we see one another and even the things of this world. And so when the Bible talks about hope, it talks about not being disappointed ultimately and finally, and then hope itself being future-facing. Like we don't hope, there's a classic passage, Romans chapter 8, that says we don't hope for what we already have. Right. And I think that's super important because when we're trying to sleep and we can't sleep, when we've been betrayed, when we've been hurt, when we've lost a job, when someone dies, um, we don't have what we want in those moments. We're having something broken and we hope for something different, something better, something future. And so uh, hope is always future-facing. We hope in something else coming. And it's based upon, biblically, on on a promise uh, from God. And then it serves, and I love this passage, I think it's in the end of Hebrews, uh, section Hebrews 6, that the promises of God give us a hope that's called a firm anchor to the soul. And my dad was a Navy guy. You know, I grew up over in Virginia Beach, Tidewater area. You got to see these big ships, have huge anchors. Yeah. And anchors are fascinating because they, they're heavy, uh, but they, they, they give the ship, maybe in the midst of rough weather, storms, uh, a security so that it doesn't get ripped away, tossed and, in, in, you know, ripped into and sunk to the bottom of a sea. Uh, anchors are like solid rocks to stand upon. Uh, in another metaphor, Jesus used, give us a solid rock, place to stand. Um, building our houses, building our lives on something solid and hope, right? If it's not misplaced, but placed in the right person and the right things uh, can be this wonderful anchor to the soul in the most difficult of life's hurricane. Yeah. Yeah. And that picture of an anchor, the picture of an anchor um, allows for the ship to, to, um, it does. It does allow for some being blown around, yeah, some, some mobility, some it allows, reality, and it, and it yeah. allows for the ship to even mobilize to be able to face the the winds and and face the storms while not being battered yeah. and driven away. That's right. And so and so and and the anchor itself, yeah. like it's rest. It's, it, that's the promises of God. Yeah. That's that's the, yeah. you know the the, ho- the strength of the hope is not the how strong you are at producing this emotion of hopefulness. Yeah, yeah. But it's, what is what is, what is the anchor? What's the yeah. anchor resting on? And the, how, how solid is that's that? That's right. That's right. It's really good. There's, a, there's an old song by a kind of songwriter named Gordon Lightfoot called The Wreck of the Edmund Fitzgerald. It's about a shipwreck in one of the, I forget which one, one of the great lakes, lakes which in the fall can have some storms that are hurricane-like. And so this... Uh, uh, this ship is ultimately lost at sea. Now, if a ship is anchored, right, you, to look at what you were just saying, is, is it on solid? The question is, right, the question in those moments is, will the anchor hold? It's a good question. Yeah. And what the anchor is, right, for life, life itself, what is the anchor, uh, gives us a, a little bit of a clue to whether it will hold or not. When, you know, obviously... Um, my age and even your, down to your age, uh, Jesse, probably familiar with the movie uh, Shawshank Redemption. It's it's actually become a, a, a classic movie now. I think most people are familiar yeah, with it. Even the young kids. I, I, are, I, the young like, kids know about Shawshank. I'm like seven years younger than you. Yeah, and, yeah, yeah. and yes, I do know about Shawshank Redemption. Shawshank is a great movie, and there's this short little interaction about hope in that film. Andy says this, remember, Red, hope is a good thing, maybe the best of things. And no good thing ever dies. I was hoping that this letter finds you and finds you well. 
your friend Andy, and now Red, who's going to try to, I don't give away the spoilers for the five people who haven't seen Shawshank. Come on. He's wanting to get away. Those people need to get busy dying or get busy living. They need to read some novels. Um, Red says this, I hope I can make it across the border. I hope to see my friend and shake his hand. I hope the Pacific is as blue as it has been in my dreams. I hope. Now, wonderful stuff, right? Uh, people that are in jail, you know, maybe falsely accused, wrestling with, hope for the future. Um, but the hope that God wants to give us as an anchor <laughs> is bigger than the Pacific. It's bluer than the bluest of seas uh, because human beings were born. We long, we desire, we live, we die. And where is hope in the midst where all could be lost? What has to be an anchor that will hold? It has to be an anchor on solid ground, and it has to be much greater than the goods we chase every day. Yeah, you know, um, can I, I'm going to tell you a story that this that made me think of. Uh, I remember going camping with a friend of mine. This was we were kids, twelve years old, eleven years old, something like that, and we uh, we were at a cabin. And the cabin had lights, right? So the cabin had its, you know, it was lit up a little bit. My friend's dad was there. But we decided to go out just before dark and just hike around. And, um, and, and we, so we got lost. And as we were lost, the, the longer we were lost in the dark, uh, we had hope we'd find our way back. You know, we, we thought, well, we're, we have a general idea of which way to walk in. It's not that big of, of a wooded area. We, we, you know, we had some hopes, but, but the, the darker it got and the, and the, and the longer we were away from it, uh, the more fearful and hopeless we became. And I'll always remember the experience of seeing the light from the cabin or, or the, the camper kind of thing, uh, and realizing there it is. Yeah. And, and in that, so in that moment, now we begin walking towards, towards home. Yeah. And as we walk towards home, the closer we got, the, 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 the more certain and solid it was, and the more we actually experienced the peace that hope brings, even while we were in the darkness. Yeah. And yet it would have been foolishness. It's just, it would be so foolish to just sit down a hundred yards away from the cabin and say, close enough. I'm close enough. <laughs> yeah. And, and that's what I think of often when I think of my own misplaced hopes and, and is that I often will, I hope in things that are just, they're not bad things. They're foretaste, they're echoes. Yeah. They're, it would be like sitting yeah. down with an eyesight of the cabin, but not making it all the way to the cabin. Um, you know, you mentioned Augustine, one of the most formative passages in any book I've ever read for me in my life has been, it's in Augustine's Confessions, which is probably the first memoir, you know, in civilization. civilization. And uh, um, it's in book four of of Confessions. Autobiographical, speaking about his internal life. It was very, in the history of literature, a very uh, profound book for that reason. And certainly in Christian history, been theologically influential in, in a mass. Yeah, my mentor calls it um, a, uh, the spiritual, what is it? The spiritual memoir of a sex addict, <laughs> Pretty much. which it, it kind of is. Yeah. Um, it's really his, his, you know, yeah. Inner, his inner world of seeking and seeking and seeking and seeking. Right. And, 
And in book four, he says, this is a longer quote, but I'm going to just read most of it here. Uh, uh, He says, God is wherever truth is known. He is within the inmost heart, yet the heart has wandered away from him. Return to your heart, O you transgressors, and hold fast to him who made you. Stand with him and you shall stand fast. Rest in him and you shall be at rest. Where do you go along these rugged paths? Where are you going? The good that you love is from him, and insofar as it is also for him, it's both good and pleasant. In other words, it it's it's a good thing, and it brings you pleasure. But it will rightly be turned to bitterness if whatever comes from him is not rightly loved, and if he is deserted for the love of the creature. Why then will you wander farther and farther in these difficult and toilsome ways? There is no rest where you seek it. Seek what you seek, but remember that it is not where you seek it. You seek for a blessed life in the land of death. It's not there. Amen. And that for me has been a just a helpful warning of, am I in this thing that I'm seeking? Am I seeking hope in a hopeless place? Yeah. Am I wandering from the giver of the gifts to the gifts themselves and, and, and thinking, I'm going to get what I really am hoping right. for in this thing? Right. It's almost like you you saw, you see the light, you're headed home, and then you see a, a flower, uh, and you walk away and say, this is enough, and then in the woods you die. That's exactly right. Yep. You know, instead, you could go back, be reconciled to Dad, and then go look at the flowers and have joy together. Yeah, and and, and even for me, as I walk through my life, there's there's more, there's hope on the other side of life. Uh, there's hope that in the end, and and uh, so I've I've been thinking a lot about death and the afterlife. My, I just my grandmother just passed away a couple of weeks ago while I was holding her, and um, and I just was thinking. It, what if this was it? And how hopeless is this? Yeah. And, and not only that, but when you think about the scriptures, talk a lot about rewards, and and uh, and so you know you've got a band named Casting Crowns, right? Like this idea that we're going to get a crown and we're going to cast it back, which is probably in there. So it's in there, and and but I but I'm like, I want more than just to get a crown. Like that's if if my hope is I'm going to get a crown at the end, right? I, I can right. go get a crown now. Like right. that's I'm going to get know. an iPhone 10. Wow, yeah, great. But but then yeah. I started thinking, no, no, no. The hope is that I will have a resurrected body, that my King will say, "Well done," that my King will will actually wipe my tears away and welcome me in. And there's there's a lot to hope for. And we will see and participate in the eradication of evil. Right, and yeah. the things that rob us, and all. the restoring of yeah. things, and yeah, yeah. you know. Um, Growing up kind of in a, a non-religious setting and coming to faith, you know, as a university student, I remember thinking, okay, this is either true or good, too good to be true. And then I thought, how good is it that it's actual and real and true? And so the promises, right, of God in Jesus are unique. They're different. Um, we are all, whether you're listening to this and you're a Christian or non-Christian, whatever religious tradition you come from or no religion at all, we all are seeking, we all are wandering, we all are seeking to find a hope that doesn't disappoint and let us free. And this is the passage where, in the Bible, where this phrase, does not uh, disappoint, comes from. This is Romans chapter 5, uh, 1 through 3, and it begins with a promise. Therefore, since we have been justified by faith, 
we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. So all the guilt, shame, and crap we feel for our own sin, our own wickedness, God says, not guilty. We trust in Him, and then we are at peace. We're at home with Dad, with our Father. Uh, Through Him we have obtained access by faith into this grace in which we stand, and we rejoice in the hope of the glory of God. This is exactly what you were talking about, Jesse, the hope of the future, the resurrection of the dead, that we live together in the in the eternal kingdom where all things are made new and all rights uh, are, are triumphal and wrong is defeated. Right after that, right after this great promise that we can have this reconciled relationship with God, we read this little phrase. It's probably in some weird Greek thing that Jesse and I are both trying to learn right now. Not only that... Right, as if that would that would be enough, right? Not only that, and it's going to get right now into life, into broken, messed up, crappy life under the sun. But not only that, we rejoice in our sufferings, knowing that suffering produces endurance, and endurance produces character, who we are as people, and character produces hope, and hope does not disappoint because God's love has been poured into our hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. See, hope comes from a gift. It comes from the promise of God, and then it comes from the presence of God living in us, with us, guiding us, walking us all the way to the light with an anchor so that we don't get lost, but yet uh, He calls us to follow as we love and live in the midst of our own brokenness and the brokenness of the world where we see the ultimate triumph of God over all things, including our own dumb, dumb mistakes where we don't know what's good for us and we go off and chew on a weed rather than arrive to the banquet of God. That's good. That's good. Yeah, that reminded me of First First John 4. Uh, we, by this, we know that we abide in Him. This is First John 4, 13. And He in us, because He has given us of his spirit. You know, that's connected there. He has poured his spirit into us. And it is by his spirit that we grasp the promises, that we know that we are abiding in him and he abides in us. Amen. Well, closing out here, I'm just going to paraphrase a little bit of the words from the Apostle Peter, who was, like many human beings, prone to wander, mess stuff up, but God restored him. He said, awesome is God, the Father of Jesus Christ, and according to his great mercy, he has made us come alive again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead into a fat inheritance in God forever. Captain Heaven for us, man, that's our lot. That is our destiny. We put our hope in that. We place it in God and his future for us, and we walk forward by faith and trust. Well, we want to give thanks to Sugar and the Hilos for allowing us to license the song, See It For Yourself, as our theme song. The Gospel Underground is a joint production of Power of Change and the Bonhoeffer House. Send your comments, feedback, hopeful emails, not discouraging ones, to info at gospelunderground.org. And hey, how about a little review, love? Give us a little hope for our podcasting future and review us on iTunes. Only five stars are acceptable. If you want to leave four, think about it and move it to five. We are a dialogue taking place in the borderlands between the church and culture. And we hope to see you there. Peace.